0: Alright. Another episode of EFM. I am Seagar.
1: And I am Bacon.
0: I am sore as hell, brother. I am really sore. I like it hurts to breathe. I am that sore.
1: You got the COVID?
0: No, no, I, I don't. I I actually went to uh here uh close, well by close I mean an hour and a half away, they had the wall that heals visit our state for a week. And I volunteered to help disassemble that wall. And when you disassemble that wall, the first piece that you grab with three other people is 80 pounds and you work your way out. And as you work your way out, the the slabs get a little bit lighter. But uh, have you ever heard of the wall that heals? No, I was just going to ask
1: you, what is this?
0: Yeah, so, okay, the, the the Wall That Heals is a replica of a monument in D.C. that honors the 3 million Americans who served in the Vietnam War and the 58,000 who died during that time. So this is a non organization that travels around the country and delivers in a semi and oh wow how you get all this into a semi is amazing but if you think of a baseball diamond from left field fence to right field fence all the way around that is the size of this monument and that's three quarters of the scale of the true monument.
1: Okay. And which monument is it? Is it the Vietnam War monument?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In DC? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. So uh, apparently, this has been going around traveling the United States for 40 years. Uh, what I was told was that this was the fourth time. So, one in every 10 years, this monument gets to my state. And, uh, the, the, the lady who was sponsoring this was like, would you be able to help? And I said, hell yeah, I'll be able to help. So when you're carrying these slabs off of the wall, across the baseball diamond to the semi, that's not that bad. But then when you get to the semi and you're just holding this slab that weighs 80 pounds,
1: it gets heavier
0: real quick. (laughs) And you're just waiting. You're just waiting. It's is that
1: that uh triple A affiliate that's down uh down right there? Interstate
0: that I don't know. Oh, I, I honestly don't. I think oh. uh it was another community or town or whatever that was uh, Newton, I think is what they said. Oh, sure. And uh, apparently the city or the, well. The city that I work in, they were the ones that actually got the monument into Iowa and uh, claim it, but we didn't have any land big enough to support this monument, so they had to go to Tama, which is uh, about 30 minutes away, Uh, but they did utilize one of our very large flags for the opening ceremony parade, which was really cool, Uh, but it was... It was a hell of a chore. I'm glad I did it. I don't know if I'll ever be able to get to do it again. And I want to give a shout out to you have I, you know uh, Antonio Sticks, uh, which is a code name for the guy. He helped uh, build the truck box while you were here in my neck of the woods last time. Oh, I called him up. Yeah, uh, yeah. I said, uh, "Hey, you want to go help me disassemble this wall?" And uh, he was he wasn't feeling the best, but he said, "Hell yeah, I'll do it." And uh, he came out and helped so a huge shout out to him uh but anyway that's why i'm sore man it hurts to breathe i used muscles that i probably haven't used in a real long time <laughs> uh but i don't know uh, what do you say should we get the show going let's do it all
1: right you're listening to eyes forward march a podcast geared towards building the core and the non-commissioned officers heat up your mre crack open a cold rip and join your platoon daddies sergeant bacon and sergeant Seagard, as they continue to build networking skills have some laughs uplift morale and talk about daily issues soldiers face let's begin oh yeah
0: let's begin let's do it let's do let's it begin i'm seaguard right. that's bacon you're bacon I'm bacon. Yep. You're All getting right. it right. I'm getting it right. After like two years, yeah, i getting it, it right. It took some time. It definitely did. Uh, I have a topic that we could talk about, but would you like to do some... That nope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's time for Military History. I feel like that's just kind of our thing. We have to get that wrong every episode.
1: Every episode. I get a lot of compliments. That it's it's nice that we're real and we make mistakes like that. So that's good. Yeah, I I like it. All twelve of our listeners this week, or whatever. Yeah. Well,
0: so if you want to know, currently we are really close, really close to averaging forty listeners per episode upon release that are listening consistently. That's huge compared to where we were 2 years ago.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think it's a new editor. Yeah, it probably most likely <laughs> definitely it is. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get this rocking. <laughs> For right. the week of August 14th through August 20 in 2022, we're going to start off on August 14th of 1935, President Roosevelt signed the Social Security Act, establishing the system which guarantees pensions to those who retire at age 65. The Social Security system also aids states in providing financial aid to dependent children, the blind, and others, as well as administering a system of unemployment insurance. How long is your
0: list of military history today, may I ask? It's a few things. All right. Uh, and do, I just didn't want to. Okay. Do you think, because I always hear every few years that social security is going to disappear by the time that we are old enough to collect? What do you think?
1: I think so. Really? Yeah. Oh. People are living longer. Okay. So if you if you only work, let's say you retire when you're 60 or 65 even. Realistically, right, you start paying taxes when you're, what, 17,
0: 18? Hmm. Well, no, so actually, years. I mean, nowadays, huh? people start paying taxes at, at 15.
1: Yeah. But you got to think, like, people that didn't put in a ton of money are drawing off of our money, right? Well, yeah, that's the idea. So I agreed with uh, when they wanted to privatize it. So the money I put in, it goes to me. Mm. I I don't know if I know anything about that. Ah, That was... Uh, it's been a few years ago. I'll send you a link later.
0: All right. Hey, that's another episode. I was just yeah.
1: curious on what your thoughts were on that uh, whole yeah, I process. I foresee I'm working until I, I'm dead. Yeah, well, I mean... I'll die one day, and then they'll just drag me off the shop floor.
0: The best people
1: always will work <laughs> till they die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, also... August 14 of 1941, after three days of secret meetings aboard warships off the coast of Newfoundland, the Atlantic Charter was issued by President Franklin D. Roosevelt and British Prime Minister Winston Churchill. The Charter, a foundation stone for the later establishment of the United Nations, set forth eight goals for the nations of the world. These were including The renunciation of all aggression, the right to self-government, access to raw materials, freedom from want and fear, freedom of the seas, and disarmament of aggressor nations. By September 15, anti-Axis nations had signed the charter. I know
0: absolutely nothing about what you just said. (laughs) It it was (laughs) basically
1: the beginning of the United Nations. Oh, okay. Need to do some more research on that, yeah, also two kind two more things kind of on August fourteenth of nineteen forty five so following the two atomic bomb drops and believing that continuation of the war would only result in further loss of Japanese lives, delegates of Emperor Hirohito accepted the allies' surrendered terms originally issued in Potsdam on July 26 of 1945, with the exception that the Japanese emperor's sovereignty would be maintained. Japanese Emperor Hirohito, who had never spoken on the radio, then recorded an announcement admitting the Japanese surrender without actually using the word surrender. The announcement was broadcast via radio to the Japanese people at noon the next day The formal surrender ceremony occurred later on September 2nd of 1945 aboard the USS Missouri in Tokyo Bay.
0: I wonder if I can find a recording of that announcement, that radio transmission.
1: Ooh, I bet it's out there.
0: I I, I think if I can find it, we're going to have to play it.
1: Yeah. So that rolls into um, VJ Day. Victor Juliet Day <laughs> <laughs> Commemorating yeah. President Truman's announcement that Japan had surrendered to the Allies.
0: From here on out, we are celebrating VJ Day.
1: <laughs> All right. August 15th of 1969, Woodstock began in a field near Yasgur's Farm at Bethel, New York. The three-day concert featured 24 rock bands and drew a crowd of more than 300,000 young people. The event came to symbolize the counterculture movement of the 1960s. Woodstock. Who would you have wanted to see at Woodstock? Alvin Lee.
0: And and here's why. Oh, Jimi Hendrix.
1: Yes. Of course, Jimi
0: Hendrix. Everybody, but Alvin Lee. I would want to see because I have recently been introduced to Alvin Lee and supposedly Woodstock is what made this man famous. I imagine. I would love to be able to witness the point where
1: an event made
0: nobody somebody.
1: I mean, the last... I forget the last song... The Grateful Dead played at Woodstock, but it went on for an hour. It was a 56-minute jam. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. It yeah. Isn't that the best, though? I, mean, I don't know about 56 minutes. I shouldn't say that. Uh, I think in the height of the pandemic, when uh, the country was shut down, and the only thing you could do was pretty much be at home. And I was on uh YouTube and I discovered an artist, I think, well, before the pandemic, I discovered Dovidas. And that's yeah. what he did during the pandemic was he did YouTube live concerts. And I remember his very last live online concert, his last song. I think his last song was like 45 minutes long. Yeah. I wish that I had a copy of that to listen to. It was the best moment of the entire. Well, I mean, graduating SLC was a highlight, but that was a very close second.
1: Yeah. So the song was uh, Turn On Your Love Light, and it was 50 minutes. Wow. Oh, I couldn't imagine. No. Nah.
0: I. As, as a guitar player who sucks, I couldn't imagine playing for 50 minutes.
1: One song. All right. August 15th. We have our first birthday in 1769. A little French guy by the name of Napoleon <laughs> Bonaparte. I knew it. <laughs> he was it. born. He was born on the island of Corsica. He was originally an officer in King Louis' army, and he rose to become the emperor Amid political chaos that followed the French Revolution, he built a half million strong grand army which utilized newly invented modern tactics and improvisations in battle to sweep across Europe and acquire the empire for France. However, after defeats in Russia and later by the British, he went into exile on the island of St. Helena off the coast of Africa. On May 5th, 1821, he died alone on the tiny island abandoned by everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it happens. That's how it goes. Louisiana <laughs> Purchase. Which which Louis? King
0: Louis. Yeah, which one, though? Wasn't there like Louis. 20 of them or something?
1: I don't know. No. Louis.
0: Louis, Louis. <laughs> Louis, Louis.
1: Oh, That's the guy. Okay. Got it. All right. We're moving into August 16th of 1777. During the American Revolutionary War, the Battle of Bennington, Vermont occurred as militiamen from Vermont aided the Massachusetts troops, wiped out a detachment of 800 German Hessians sent by the great General Bergian to seize horses. Okay. Oh, okay. Just go out
0: and get me horses.
1: Fetch me the horses. horses. Fetch me your horses, sir. Uh,
0: Fetch me horses.
1: Not one, not two, not three. All of them. Bring them to me. (laughs) All right. August 16th of 1780, the Battle of Camden in South Carolina occurred during the American Revolutionary War. The battle was a big defeat for the Americans as forces under General Gates were defeated by troops of British General Charles Cornflake Wallace, (laughs) resulting in 900 (laughs) Americans killed and 1,000 captured. Cornflake. All right. I don't know. I I would have chosen a stage name if my last name was Cornflake. All right. It's not. I I call him Cornflake Wallace. Oh, okay. Cornflakes.
0: Yeah. No, I got it.
1: Instead of calling him maybe like Wonder Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new Oasis song. I, love, I, love, I know how much you love Oasis.
0: No, I hate Oasis. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me grab my capo. What <laughs> the
1: I don't, hell is that? I,
0: it's a capo. I don't use it. I
1: a capo? A capo. What is it? Like, what does it do?
0: It, it's uh, basically bar chords your guitar. So you... Look, the the listeners aren't here
1: for this. Moving on. All right. We have our first death. On August 16th, 1977. All right. You ready? Yep. Elvis Presley was pronounced dead at the Memphis Baptist Hospital at 3.30 p.m. at the age of 42. This was likely brought on by a heart attack due to his addiction to barbiturates. To what? Barbiturates. Barbituates?
0: Yes. Barbituates. Have I ever had thing. that?
1: I hope not. Oh,
0: okay. I'm not familiar with the word, that's why I'm asking.
1: It's a drug. Oh, okay. I, I'm not exactly sure. I've never oh. done them. Did but... you just wink at me? <laughs> no.
0: I, <didn't. laughs> I mean your your video is so grainy. I, I couldn't tell. That. Uh, <laughs>
1: that's because it's high def. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> my actually, my webcam, my webcam is still recovering from the, from the crawlies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. let's not talk August seventeenth of nineteen forty-three, during World War Two, in Europe, the Allies completed the conquest of the island of Sicily after just thirty-eight days. This gave the Allies control of the Mediterranean, and also led to the downfall of Benito Mussolini and Italy's eventual withdrawal from the war. However, the Germans managed to evacuate 39,569 troops, 47 tanks, 94 heavy guns, and over 9,000 vehicles and 2,000 tons of ammunition back to the Italian mainland from Sicily. Damn. That's very specific. (laughs)
0: Right. That might be the most specific Military history, you have had quite
1: possibly. All right, August 17th, 1998, a guy by the name of Bill Clinton became the first sitting president to give testimony before a grand jury in which he, the president, was the focus of the investigation. This resulted from a sweeping investigation of the president by an independ- independent counsel. Ken Starr, as well as a private lawsuit concerning the alleged sexual harassment by Clinton before he became president. In the evening, President Clinton appeared on national television and gave a speech admitting he had engaged in an improper relationship with former White House intern Monica Lewinsky. The admission occurred several months after a much publicized denial. Moving along to... August 17th of 1786, this guy was born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, okay? Okay. He was Davy Crockett, the American frontiersman. Old Davy. He was a farmer, a scout, a politician, and he perished at the age of 49 during a final heroic defense of the Alamo in Texas. August 18th of 1920, the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution was ratified, granting women the right to vote. August 18th of 1774, we have a birthday. American explorer Meriwether Lewis was born near Charlottesville, Virginia. Along with William Clark, he explored the American West, and in 1805, after a journey of over 18 months, they reached the Pacific Ocean. All right. Here's here's a word that's going to mess with my life. August 19th, 1934, in Germany, a plebiscite was held in which 89.9% of German voters approved granting, granting Chancellor Adolf Hitler additional powers, including the office of president. It seems like some wrong decisions might have been made there. I mean... I can't rewind to nineteen thirty four and stop them. No. However, august nineteenth, you might be been alive for this one. Mm. August nineteenth, nineteen ninety one, the Soviet hardline communists staged a coup temporarily removing Mikhail Gorbachev from power. The coup last uh the coup failed within seventy two hours as Democratic reformer Boris Yeltsin. Rallied the Russian people. Yeltsin then became the leading power in the country. The Communist Party was soon banned, and by December, the Soviet Union had disintegrated.
0: Do you remember this? Uh, I was alive for this, but I do not remember anything about it. What year was that? Nineteen ninety what? One. Yeah, I think I was uh, what eleven. Probably. Yeah, I was more interested in video games at that point in time. Super
1: Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Sega Genesis. I don't know. Okay. We have a birthday on August 19th of 1871. Aviation pioneer Orville Wright was born in Dayton, Ohio. In, in 1903, Orville and his brother Wilbur achieved the world's first successful sustained, and controlled flight of a motor-driven aircraft following years of experimentation with kites and gliders.
0: I thought you were going to say Orville Redenbacher. uh, I wanted to. You went to the Wright brothers, right? Right.
1: Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yep. All right. We got two more birthdays, and we're out of here. All right. Our first birthday was on August 19th of 1946 Bill Clinton the 42nd president of the United States was born in Hope, Arkansas. He was the first president elected who was not alive during World War II. And finally, our last birthday was on August 20th of 1833. Benjamin Harrison, the 23rd president of the United States was born in North Bend, Ohio. Grandson of William Henry Harrison, the ninth president. That was military history. Things are slowing down. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Not every month
1: can be exciting month. Right, not like July. But I mean you think about it, right? Like July, August, September are busy, right? Like people are they wanna they don't wanna be out fighting battles in December. That doesn't work, no, well, I mean, I mean, not that it hasn't been done,
0: uh it's been done, yeah, no, it has it it's good, I like military history because there's a lot of things that I don't know, and I will be the first to admit that I don't know it, but you know, I can't now you know rebut, reboot, rebuttal, I can't, yeah, I can't rebuttal if I don't know, I don't know, oh. Anyway, let's get into this episode. Now that we're 31 minutes into it, I can only read so fast. I got a question for you. Okay. All right. So as an NCO, and I consider us old school NCOs, right? If I look back on... How I got into the military and what I have experienced and so on and so forth. When I dis when I got to the point where I was an NCO and I kind of figured out due to deployment, I wanna make a difference. I wanna try to like influence people and make in and make people understand what it's all about.
1: Yeah. All right. Fun. Yeah. When you're recording studio is your mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> you get that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Now, it it just one of the things that just I've been thinking about lately and you and I have talked a lot and, um, you know, I, I've kind of thought about maybe it's time for change you can only stay somewhere and do something so long and so on and so forth but let's not talk about that let's just talk about if you are in an organization and you are your goal is to make an impact your goal is to influence soldiers and then it's time to move on is there a struggle where you know, I, I need to move on for me, but I don't want to move on because I don't know if I've influenced the soldiers to carry on the legacy that I want to create.
1: So there's always that struggle, right? So in 2014, when I left my line company that I was in, I well, I left for a couple of reasons, but the big one was I was getting promoted out of that unit. Right. And at that point, I had felt like, I've done everything I can do here. I feel that the people I left behind can carry on that legacy that I've helped build. And so there is, yes, there is a time when it's just kind of time to go. And you'll know when that is. I mean, maybe. Not maybe. Like if it doesn't feel right, it's not right. we've
0: both been through MRT master resiliency training, right? So like we understand this and for, for some people you might not understand this, but you have to do everything that you can do to, and this is in my mind, you have to do everything you can do to make the organization better. And it's almost like a superpower, right? Because you have this knowledge and it's it's in a battery cell and you utilize it, you utilize it, you utilize it. And then you get depleted, but you're trying to still portray something that you no longer have the energy to do. And so then you have to make that decision. Do I, is it the right time to do something else like when is i, I this is my question to you cuz you're my friend and i value your opinion when is the right time to say oh i've had a i've had a gr- i've had a great time i've had the opportunity to do this and I, I need to i need to go that route and to leave the people who you care about behind and hope that they understand that, hey, I've given you all, the, all that I can give you. You are now responsible for carrying on what I tried or attempted to create. I'm really looking for your advice because I, I feel like I've given everything I can give where I'm at. And I need to move on. But then I also struggle with maybe there's more I have to give.
1: So, you can still move on, and you can still give back, but from a different level. Okay. So, you're at, let's say you're at the ground floor, and you've done everything you can for your for your soldiers, for your company, and they're like, they recognize what you've done, and somebody down the road says, you know what, we've got a promotion for you. We're going to bring you upstairs to the office. Mm-hmm. They're like well, I really like being down here with the guys, but then as you, as you detach, right? Okay. So you you detach from the situation, and you step back and you look, and you see everything's going according to how it was meant to be. What you have implemented, the training, the everything, is being fulfilled because. Once you once you step back and you watch from the from the second level, people are going to be like, "Well, remember when Seagar showed us this, or remember what he said here." They're going to remember that stuff, and that'll carry on. Wait, that's what you hope. No, that's what I know. So think about it this way. Okay, hold on. I I, I don't want to interrupt you, but if
0: you, my wife is trying to close the door quietly. If you can spend a time with a group of people, let's just say 50, and you, y- your goal as an NCO should be to affect 100% of the people, the reality of it is that you're only responsible for a small portion of the people, but you're trying to affect everybody. I think where I'm struggling is trying to say... I need to focus on me, and maybe it's time that I move on, and hopefully, hopefully one, hopefully two of those people that I influenced will be able to carry on my legacy. And I just don't know if that is
1: adequate enough. It's enough. So I'll go back to what I was going to say. So you think about, like, back during the Roman times, okay, the general was always up on some hill, right? Mm-hmm. And he was watching the battle unfold from the hill. Yeah. So he could, he could know, he could see that his training that he had implemented to his generals, to his other generals and his commanders, was being implemented correctly because he could watch from that hill and know we're going to win. What I'm saying for you is step back, go up, Look at it from somewhere other than the ground level. Watch what they're doing. Yeah. Watch how they're doing it. See see what they're doing. Listen to them. Listen to how they're talking. And you're going to notice that once you detach, once you look back, you're going to see they've actually been paying a lot more attention to you than you believe. And that legacy, like I said, is... Is going to carry on because the ones that you truly affected, that you that you hit that heartstring on, they're going to make sure that when they fall into that that next level of leadership, that they carry, even if it's a sliver of right what you taught them, they're going to carry that with and be like, you know what, there was a guy here up until two years ago, Seagar, he showed us this cool trick on this truck that makes backing up this trailer that much easier. We're going to do it this way because that's the best way to do it.
0: That is not a bad thought process. And, and I tried to a little bit last month. I tried to step back and just be like, Hey, I can't, I can't run this show. I, I'm not being paid to run this show. I've got to step back and let the people who are getting paid to run the show And getting paid is a horrible phrase because you're really just in that leadership position whether you're getting paid for it or not. But it's you have to do your thing. And I'm tired of being the guy who just is the one who doesn't want it to fail. I'm tired of being the guy who goes above and beyond to make other people succeed that's what I'm here for, but I'm tired of, of doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm tired of being the scapegoat. Well, I don't really have to show up and do my job. Sergeant Seagar will freaking make it work. Sergeant Seagar will, will buff the shit out of it and make it nice. I'm tired of it. And, and I can get that. And, and I, you know, I don't want to leave what I love but i'm kind of thinking that it's time for me to move on and do what 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 i need to do and i i don't mean to sound selfish but fuck wake up yeah take responsibility for your own shit make your own difference quit quit coming in and relying on somebody else to make you look good oh by the way i probably write your ncoer even though i'm not in your chain of command yeah. But I'm going to make
1: you look good because I I don't why? I don't know why. Exactly. You said it one way, but I want you to look at it a different way. You said leave what you love, but look at it backwards. Okay. Love
0: what you leave. Well, that that's easy to do cuz I, I I do love what I do. I love the people that I work with. I love my organization, but at the same time it's, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's just time to move on. And maybe that's what it's going to take for people to
1: realize what I do for the organization. When you think about great leaders, whether it be from the president or all the way down the line, the people don't see what they did when they're doing it. It takes a couple of years or a couple of months for. It. The dust to settle, and then people step back and they're like, "How did we ever? How did this ever run? And how is this going to work without that particular cog in the wheel?" Right. Sure. You're looking at being a bigger cog on a bigger wheel. I'm
0: a little cog on a big freaking go kart.
1: I really am now. I don't look at the big cog on the little go kart.
0: I look at what I do as a very big thing. Like I feel that I add value by taking care of soldiers because ultimately that's what my responsibility is, is to take care of soldiers. And I'm the little guy in the totem pole because if you think about it, the company level is the little guy at the totem pole. You have to get through so many levels to make things happen. Is that not true? That's very true. I'm just a little guy in a totem pole, but I'm the I'm the guy that's got to fucking make these wheels turn. And you get to the point where, you know, I you go on vacation and people call you. You go, you just people call you all hours of the day and night. And it, and I get if it's a pay issue or something like that, like there's no reason to go through the chain of command. I, I understand that there's a chain of command. You call your team leader, squad leader, what the fuck ever. But the reality of it is, is let's be proficient. <clears throat> excuse me. Let's be proficient and just give me a call because your team leader, your squad leader, your platoon leader, they can't do shit other than play phone relay. So I understand the chain of command. But at the same time, let's be proficient. Just freaking text me. But the the problem is, is it starts out like that. And then it becomes every freaking issue. I can just call Sergeant Seagar, or I can just text Sergeant Seagar because he's my buddy. We're not buddies. We're like, I'm here to help you. That's true. But just because I have a cell phone and you have this false reality of oh I can just text him or call him and he's going to answer right away because nobody else fucking will. Now I can't get a second of my own life. I think this is going off topic. It's
1: going hey where you're you're working this out, which is good. I'm just I'm listening. I'm not ignoring you. Because it seems like the more you're talking through this, the more that headlight that you've got is widening out and you're seeing a bigger picture
0: i'm seeing a bigger picture the bigger picture is is that i do care about taking care of soldiers i want to take care of soldiers that's why i do what i do but it's gotten to the point where i can no longer maintain the difference between my work life and my personal life and every soldier's like oh i I need my bonus. I need it today because I uh my wife wanted uh two TVs and six couches for the new house I bought and I, like guy like sorry you put it on your credit card. That was a dumb move. I don't write checks for the guard. There's a process and we should all know by now that it takes longer than what you think it takes. Yeah. At what point in time do
1: people realize that this is impeding my life. They don't. They because this society is so focused on me, right? The me generation. That it's fuck you. I'm gonna step on you.
0: I'm a technology guy, but I I understand that if I call you or text you, and if you don't answer for seventy two hours, you're probably effing busy. Seventy two hours later, you don't get back a hold of me. Maybe I'll text you again because it got buried in your text messages. It, that, that's my problem, is that this? I'm being careful at what I say right now. When, when I was a soldier, I still am, but when I was a uh, soldier growing up in the ranks, if I wasn't in the hospital dying, I was at guard. I figured out how to be at guard, because that was my commitment, and that's not what it is today. Today it is. I I I woke up. Uh, I stayed out late last night. I woke up. I shit myself. I can't make it to drill. Oh, that's okay. Next month, and seven months later, when you still haven't made up that drill, we figure out how to pay you for it instead of just marking you excused. It, it, yeah. It, there's just so much shit that it's like, fuck. Did, the army is supposed to be
1: your adult time. Yeah. Like I said, I was in the hospital dying, and I still made it to drill, you know, so it's a it's it's a different mentality, and honestly, I think at this point with the way the wave is moving and you're you're getting caught in the wave right now right yeah, so I think it's time for you to step out of that office you're in and basically I'm not saying take a vacation, but if there's a different opportunity for you to look at that opportunity, change some scenery a little bit, right? And see what that world has to offer for you.
0: I don't disagree. I think that everybody has a special skill set and it might pre- it might not present you with the opportunity on day one or day 1080. But eventually, the skill set will present itself. Hey, there's an opportunity for you to utilize this skill set. And I think that maybe when that skill set presents itself, you have to take it. And you have to hope that there are people out there that will take what they have absorbed, observed from you as a leader and hopefully pay it forward. Like that was my mentality growing up as an NCO as a junior enlisted even is I really like these things from this person, but I hate these things from this person. And you, you take that from person from NCO to NCO to leader to leader. And you just like basically rack them and stack them and determine what kind of leader do you want to be? And Ultimately, I want to be that leader that makes a difference. But at the same time, you have to make that difference and find that place where it's like, okay, I've given everything I have to I have to give. It's time for me to move on, move out.
1: Yeah. So I'll say this. You love to take care of soldiers. And right now you're taking care of, let's say, 90. If there's an opportunity out there, that would present itself, and you could take care of an entire battalion. Let's say, so four hundred soldiers. You would feel a little more fulfilled. Yeah, I mean, right? I it mean, seems like the easy answer. Yeah,
0: I really think that's where to end it. Yeah, I guess I got to do this shit manually.
1: Looks like that's another mission completed. A 30-mile check ride in the bag. Hit us up, podcastefm at gmail.com. Or follow podcastefm on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Sergeant
0: Bacon. And I'm Sergeant Seegar. As always, eyes forward. March. March. Uh, I'm not going to stop recording, but I'm going to go take a piss. Okay. All right, I'm back. <clears throat> I think we got where I wanted to go with it. Uh, I have a few people that listen to uh, the podcast with my unit that, that I think that's where I'm concerned with is that they look up to me and they know that I keep the balance and I make everything run as awkwardly, smoothly as possible. And it's up to you to, to step up and
1: fill that void. There's only one you. The next person that comes in, that would replace you is going to be them they're going to do things their way which is going to be different than yours so that is the struggle bus
0: where this episode really came from and i wasn't trying to uh by any means make this a tutorial episode i think i was just trying to like say hey here's my like i was trying to get mrt from you basically
1: so i think I mean, you can do it two ways, but there's a way where if you were to, the ones that you feel you have affected the mo- most, you talk to them individually and be like, look, I will always be a phone call away for you. I have to do this because of these reasons, AFS being number one, mm-hmm. I have to do this or I am done and I can no longer be here to help you. Yeah. This is not anything against you, and who knows? It's a small, well, my state is small. Your state, not so much. I will see you again. But I think hearing it directly from you, you know? Yeah. And being like, you have impacted me as much as I have impacted you.
0: That's a valid point. Make sure that gets in the episode.
1: All right. And, uh, stop ruining, you, my friend.